Welcome to Word Processing, a resource of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. Listen in as we discuss issues of God, His Word, and His people. Hello everyone and welcome to Word Processing, a podcast of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. My name is Josiah and I'm here with Patricia and we're going to talk today about the Holy Spirit. Here at Oak Ridge this past Sunday, we started a series looking at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit based upon kind of the observation that the Holy Spirit is sometimes neglected in our circles. We will talk about the Father, we will certainly talk about the Son, but the Spirit seems to be a bit of a black box, a mysterious character in the Godhead. And we wanted to remedy that in the church because we know that there is power in the Holy Spirit and he is uh, one person of our eternal Godhead. And so we wanted to explore the Holy Spirit. And this past Sunday, we did a bit of an introduction into the topic of what is called in theological circles, pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. And we were looking at just the person of the Holy Spirit, that he is not a force or an aura, but a person and how he relates to the Father and the Son a little bit, but then also how he was at work in the Old Testament. So today in our conversation, Patricia and I, we just want to talk about our backgrounds perhaps with the Holy Spirit, and again, more of an introduction and and fleshing out the introductory work uh, or an introduction to the Holy Spirit. So let's start here, Patricia. In your church background, as you think back over the years, how has the Spirit of God talked about, you know, say in comparison to the Father and the Son? Uh, Was there an imbalance as you look back? Uh, Was it clear? Was it helpful? All those kinds of things. I actually think there was a pretty good balance in how much we talked about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know that it was always clear or consistent, but we definitely talked about the Holy Spirit, and I've never struggled to believe or see how He is at work in our lives and that He is a person. But it was definitely a little bit more charismatic than than maybe now. Or Can we talk a bit about your background, where you grew up, and does that have an effect? Have you noticed a difference as you moved to Canada now? Well, I am from Puerto Rico, and I grew up in a, an alliance church, which is not charismatic, but the culture itself is a lot warmer and um, expressive expressive and lively. So um, maybe it has other things that influence the, the culture, the, uh, the thinking that so that um, seeing the Holy Spirit isn't hard, right? And it's almost welcomed. And then how did that change when you came to Canada what did you notice as you transitioned to Canada was there anything specific no um the thing is even when I was growing up there was always like this tension is like half the people or you see a lot of people that would um believe in like you know dancing in the spirit and you would see them in our church and um you know speaking in tongues but that there was like in the midst of that you have some people be like no but that's not really legitimate so I grew up with both of those like it was like, in a way, accepted. Like, we don't really judge, not judge them, but we don't we don't say anything to them, like, let them um, be. But at the same time, there's something off about it. So moving away from Puerto Rico to a more um, stoic, I guess, and more um, head-based um, faith at times, it didn't bother me. I, I don't know. Uh, I can see both things. I appreciate being able to... Um, think through things and and have facts support our beliefs and our feelings type thing so that hasn't been a problem for me for me growing up it was probably the opposite right as we've gotten to know each other probably wouldn't you say that we've kind of met in the middle or we've kind of uh yeah the lord has pulled us away from our origins in a way (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> not that I, I and I'm sure I wasn't and you know this well I wasn't the most conscious young person I don't remember a whole lot from what was going on back then I'm not that uh, thoughtful in that way so there might have been far more than I remember I talk about the Holy Spirit and teaching mm. with the Holy Spirit but as I look back I wonder if it wasn't more cerebral and intellectual mm. than it was experiential it sounds like you had well certainly both in the congregation but it sounds like a lot of experiential around you as well experiencing the holy spirit seeking the spirit celebrating the spirit's work that may have been in my background i don't remember it if it was i remember more of if we study the holy spirit we're going to talk about what he does and that's good we understand him and understanding is the whole battle mm-hmm. in a way and that's the end goal kind of thing like I, again i want to be careful because i don't really remember so it might mm. not have been that but if i look back I, I think that's probably how it was and maybe going off to seminary and meeting other people and certainly you and your family and being on the island and in your church you know it certainly has stretched me in i think good ways and i think biblical ways it's been supported by scripture but i think that there's i don't know as i look back over our lives it seems like we've met a little bit more in the middle yeah, one example I can think of is in my background, um, there wasn't a lot of training with people doing the ministry. Uh, so there, I feel, I think there's like a lot more relying in the spirit. It's like, well, it's almost like Jesus take the wheel. It's like spirit take the wheel because we really don't know what we're doing kind of thing. <laughs> and in a way that's good because yeah. it really yeah. forces you to like depend on the spirit and be flexible with what we're going to do today in this meeting or with this conversation, right? You're like, you need the Lord because you really have no no formal training. At the same time, I remember after going to seminary and meeting you, it was like, the spirit is in the planning, you know? <laughs> when we study, the spirit is at work. So it's both things. Like, mm-hmm. So yeah, there is a meeting in the middle. It's like, it's great to be more um, dependent on like, we really understanding how weak we are, like helpless we are, um, that what we really bring to the table, which is very little. So we need the Lord, but at the same time, being faithful to use the resources he's given us, plan, and it's like it goes far. We probably don't want to pit those things against one another, right? The idea of, well, planning stifles and spontaneity is the way that we fully experience the Spirit. I don't, that might be overly simplistic, right? Certainly, I think we can stifle the spirit in planning and controlling and wanting to know what's going on. I can see how that would stifle the leading of the Holy Spirit. But we don't want to swing the pendulum and say, well, all planning does that. And so... Well, no, I actually used it as an example of how we meet in the middle. Like I was a, agreeing with you. Oh, okay, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I was just seeing that tendency in myself even. I was talking with a brother yesterday about our different personalities and how I am more... Uh, planning. I, I, I'm structured in my thinking and I have uh, in my head a path going forward, whereas this brother is less like that and more free-flowing. And we're just talking about how uh, both, I think, can be conduits of the Holy Spirit working. They can also be hindrances if we're not careful. So it's almost like thinking about the Holy Spirit and his leading in our life, his guiding in our life has to supersede both of those personality traits. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand how that happens. Mm-hmm. So as you look back over those years, were there times where you experienced the Holy Spirit in some significant ways? What were those like? I guess when I was younger, I had a specific season when I was struggling with fear. I just had a lot of fear of um, maybe a, a demonic world. And I was struggling at night. I would wake up at night with just like real fear, like I'm talking real fear. And I remember one night, it was the worst fear I've I've felt. And I felt like a, a pressure on my body. And I started praying, praying the Lord, the Lord to just, I knew, I knew that, that he is stronger than all things and I can't be touched. 
and I just remember being free like all of a sudden that fear could not touch me and I don't know from that moment I have never struggled with that kind of fear anymore and I know that that was the Holy Spirit helping me mm. so that, that's the most like um, supernatural to I know the spirit is uh supernatural but that was the experience that felt the most supernatural to me in my life but I definitely experienced the spirit um when I pray for help in specific circumstances I like all of a sudden I will just be filled with joy or with a different perspective and I know that that spirit is helping me when I am like at the end of my rope the spirit convicts me of my sin a lot of times like all of a sudden this sin that I know I am guilty of just keeps coming to mind on and on and on and like I know that that spirit is just <laughs> you know poking me it's like do something about it you know what's going on here so I know that's the spirit's work in my life definitely I think I experienced the the spirit a lot of the times through leading I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. pray for someone speak with someone encourage someone in the body of Christ specifically I would say that happens regularly where I, I sense the spirit prompt me in one way or another I think I've also experienced, I know I've experienced times in conversation when the Spirit gives me words to say, gives Mm. me wisdom beyond myself. I think of particularly evangelism when you're sharing the gospel with someone or explaining something or an apologetic of some sort of defending the faith. And especially early on, which was, this is kind of, uh, it's not a a slight against education, but early on before uh, really knowing much of the Bible and having conversations with people and you say things that surprise even you, like, I don't know Mm. that, where did that come from? That can only come from one place. And as you mature in the faith, it's not that the Spirit's less involved, but sometimes he's less clearly celebrated in those instances because you think, mm. well, I've now been studying the Bible for 40 years. You know what mm. I mean? And so I should know these things. But it's it's fun when, and I mean that, it's fun, it's enjoyable when you step out and the Holy Spirit works through you in a circumstance or in a way that is foreign to yourself. It's not natural to you, but he works through you to bless the people of God or to to bring the gospel to people. You have no choice but to admit wow that was the spirit working through me and that's always uh, really enjoyable and something worth celebrating so i think those are the types of things that i've experienced certainly the conviction that's a big one um but yeah those are the ways that i've mainly experienced the holy spirit i think empowerment at times like mm-hmm. i was saying but uh, uh those are the ways that i've mainly experienced the spirit yeah i agree with those um whenever we step out to do something in ser- service to the lord you always experience the spirit equipping you and just um, with words and enjoyment of that opportunity, right? What about comfort? You said to be the helper, the comforter. Have you ever experienced comfort of the Holy Spirit? The first thing that comes to my mind is because I was talking to the to Ozone kids this Sunday. It was about... Oh, Sunday school class. Sunday school yeah. class. We're talking about lament. And I remembered when my, my grandma that passed away. And um, my grandma died the year that... We had Henry, and um, we were not living close to her. And she had lived with our family for many years. And um, I hadn't seen her for a while before she died. And I, I kind of like, she died, and I'm like, oh, well, that was to be expected kind of thing. And I didn't realize that I was so sad that she had died until years later that like, whenever I think of her, like right now, it makes me really sad. But then... Whenever I get really sad about it, I get so excited that I will see her in heaven, right? And it's like a real sure comfort and happiness, right? That that I will see her again. So that's um that'll be 
where I see the Lord comforting, the Spirit comforting. Yeah. comforting. That might run into this next question, but we talked on Sunday about the Holy Spirit not being a force, but a, a person. The Father is a person. The, the Son is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. How has that truth made a practical difference in your life that he's a person that you can interact with? I'm not sure if I pray to the Spirit. Is that even appropriate? So yeah, you can have a conversation, right? Um, which you can't do with a force, right? It's a back and forth, right? Like you feel that conviction, which I think is conversation kind of, right? Like interaction, right? And you respond with thankfulness and with plead, right? So it, it's a it's a back and forth conversation. Would you say it increases the potential for intimacy? Oh yes, like as a um, like any other relationship, you grow in comfort and um, intimacy, and um, it's like you're walking. You know, you walk with someone, and you can experience greater and greater things because you you know what he's done in the past, and you're like, oh, I can step out in this bigger thing because i know what he's done for me in the past right so yeah we definitely grow in our trust of the spirit and what we can rely on him for and all that so as we're setting out in this weeks long perhaps even a couple of months long study of the holy spirit in our church what would you say are some questions you would have about the spirit and perhaps maybe even some apprehensions of the topic especially given our backgrounds and how they're different and it can be for a lot of people a step into the fog in some ways. I'm just wondering if there are certain questions that are on your heart when you think about the topic of the Holy Spirit or even some, not concerns, but apprehensions about the whole study. I personally don't have any apprehensions. I am excited to see other people um, that maybe haven't ever talked about or thought about the Holy Spirit. I'm excited to see what questions and what conversations will come out of that. Uh, Maybe you have more apprehensions about that. (laughs) But... Things I was starting to think of what I, I'm excited to learn. I don't think I have a lot of questions about the Holy Spirit. I don't remember a lot of things. Like, for example, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I know I have talked or read about this at some time. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's how I work. I forget almost everything. So I'm definitely excited to review ideas because it's good for us to just remember what we have done in the past, especially if you're like me, you forget Something that I don't think I've ever heard talked about is what the role of the Holy Spirit is in heaven. I don't think I've ever Mm. really, I don't think that information has ever been in my brain. Mm. (laughs) That's a good question. I don't know if I've ever thought about it. (laughs) All right. What about the Holy Spirit's role in Eden? Mm. What was the Spirit of God doing then? What was the Son doing then? We don't want to split up the Godhead unnecessarily Mm. and inappropriately. So where God was walking with them in the cool of the day... Well, the Son and the Spirit are present as well, but mm-hmm. what exactly they're doing as far as the economy of the Trinity, like what their roles are in that way, I, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe that will come up in the study. I'm not sure. And and the blasphemy of the Spirit, I mean, we talked about that in the Gospel of Matthew when we studied that book. It was a while ago now. And we mentioned it this past Sunday as far as a passage, though not explaining what the blasphemy was, but a passage that described and showed that the Spirit is a person. You can't blaspheme a force. <laughs> You're blaspheming a person. But the blasphemy, and this is, there are different understandings of this passage, but one is that the the sin against the Holy Spirit that cannot be forgiven is unbelief in Jesus. And that's not my view, but it's the un, mine is the unpopular view. I think mine is that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit was a first century reality for the people of God, Israel, who were seeing their Messiah offer them the kingdom in the power of the Holy Spirit right before them, 
and they attributed it to Satan. And so at that moment in Matthew chapter 12, that's when Jesus says, okay, the kingdom is not being given to this generation. And so it's unforgivable in that way. That's how I understand it. So for me, I would say there is today, there is no blasphemy. There is no unforgivable sin in that way. Because I would say even unbelief is forgivable if you believe, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So again, mine is more unpopular. Most people just say it's unbelief in Jesus. If you persist in unbelief in um, the message of the gospel, then that is unforgivable, which I'm okay with as well. Mm. But that is that came up actually after Sunday. Someone came up and asked the question okay. about that. So I thought <laughs> this is a good opportunity. If you had it, they had it. It's a good opportunity to clarify perhaps um, with not a fully developed explanation, but that would be one explanation anyway. Any other apprehensions or questions about a study of something that is of... I'm not sure if we can overstate the importance of this study, of understanding the Holy Spirit, God that lives in us, that regenerates us, that uh, gifts us, that leads us, that guides us, that assures us, that seals us. All those, we need to understand this person of the Godhead. And yet at the same time, many people of our stripe, evangelical, 21st century, Western Christians, he's kept at arm's distance almost. And so there's a lot of potential reward in a study like this. And that's what we're praying for. Uh, there's a lot of potential consternation as well, I think. I guess I just uh, pray that there wouldn't be division because there can be strong opinions, differing opinions on this subject. Mm. So that would be the only thing that, that I would yeah. be apprehensive about. Amen. Isn't it amazing that the enemy can twist something that's so beautiful to cause division? Mm -hmm. The Spirit is what unifies us mm -hmm. to protect the unity, the bond of peace that we have in the Holy Spirit. And yet that very topic can be that, that which divides us yeah. as well, which is such, just such a tragedy. And so our prayer is that this study this summer and these conversations that you and I will have intermittently between will help us understand our God better. And by understanding him better, that we would enjoy and protect the unity that we share in him. That's our goal. So thanks for the conversation. And for those listening, we will talk to you next week. Until then, go with grace and peace. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are encouraged and learned something new. Visit oakridgebiblechapel.org to listen to sermons and for more information.